0: Of episode is this episode eighteen or is it? Can we consider it nineteen? I guys? think this goes nineteen. Okay, nope. episode 19. nineteen, part two of this great interview with Mark Hughes, he's, our friend Mark Hughes. Yeah, yeah, Mark Hughes is a friend now, definitely for for here. sure. For um, just some of the things that Mark's been telling us has just been like pick up my brain matter off the floor. You'll Tom. never know, <laughs> never you guys listening. Um, so let's jump right back into it. What was I even going to ask? Oh, like, you're asking about <laughs> You're asking about Nolan? Oh, yeah. We can, how, how involved do you think Chris Nolan is? Is he a producer? I know Rovan gave this interview um, with some producing thing where he said that Nolan helped with the casting of Affleck. Is is Nolan really in a producer role, or is it name only? Can you talk about that? He's Yeah,
1: um,
2: he's not really at this point he's in name only. Uh, uh, I don't I mean I'm not I don't know the details of every little thing that he's done and uh, I'm sure that when they reached out to to Ben Affleck I, I don't have any doubt that Chris Nolan was involved in that process of saying you know uh, hey Ben would you like to be Batman because you'd be awesome uh, I'm sure that but as far as the film is concerned, Chris Nolan is done with superhero movies, and that's one thing fans uh, should should really embrace at this point is that that's true. He's not kidding. He's not re, he's not having second thoughts. Chris Nolan is done, uh, and from this point on, his involvement in these films, you'll, his name will be involved as an executive producer. Uh, he and Emma will both be continue to be perhaps named, but I I suspect that uh, it's not going to. I won't be surprised if his name isn't attached anymore after mm-hmm. a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem to matter much to him, right. Uh, I don't think that he is like pushing to have his name involved. And at this point, uh, i the la- I think there was even I can't remember how long ago it was, but one of the press releases that went out, his name was his name had been dropped off the press release. I, it was, uh, I think as a producer. I know
0: what you're talking about I feel like it was the when they gave the huge slate of movies and they said, who... No, I think... You know what? I think it was when they announced the name of the movie with the the first... I don't think that was a poster, but, like, that image where you see mm-hmm. right. the the Superman's shield and then the, the Ben Affleck bat symbol behind it. It gave, like, the press release. Here's what we're doing. We're going to film here. And then it gave the producers a list. And his name was not on that. I believe it was that right. one. Um, so he... He, I feel like he's too important right now. He's got to do his own. Like, look at Interstellar, which was such a great film, uh, one of my favorite of the year for sure. Mine too. Man. Even the the soundtrack was badass. Hans Zimmer. We got to talk about that though. That's we have to talk. About I think that. that very well may be Hans Zimmer's best soundtrack. That might be. It might be. But we have to talk about nail this if you can talk about it. So Hans Zimmer is now not writing the score for the Batman portion. He's still on as. Uh, the Man of Steel stuff and Junkie, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Junkie, is, it, is it Junkie XL? Yeah, Junkie XL. Um, are you nervous about that? Do you think... <laughs> Tom's not no, up. I love it. No, uh, uh,
2: I haven't... Re- I'll be very, very honest with you. I have not really... Uh, I'm, I've i noticed the stories, but I haven't really even... Uh, I haven't read a whole lot, and that's not because I don't take it seriously. Uh. I I think uh Hans Zimmer is great. Um I think uh, I loved like like you guys uh, I was a big fan obviously of Interstellar. I, I named it in my top 5 uh, of the greatest films of uh 2014. I think that the soundtrack for that film. Uh, I love the soundtrack. I actually think that the sound editing, which got a lot of flack, was I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I got what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there was something very experimental and raw and visceral about the way the sound was done in that movie. Um, I, I think that Zimmer is he's a he's a fabulous uh, he he's fabulous at what he does, but I think. He, I mean, look at how many of these films he's done. And, you know, it's it, it a lot of his time right. and he's doing he's certainly still doing a lot of other projects as well. But I think there's a I think that like any creator, uh, it gets to a point where, you know, he's probably like, look, I've done I did three Batman movies I'm, this is my second Superman movie. You know, it, creatively, is there a point where if you're doing the soundtracks where interpreting through music? the emotion and the intensity of somebody else's superhero story, how how many times do you have to do that before you feel like, you know, this I don't really feel like there's a lot of new ground for me to break here. You know, mm-hmm. what's Batman gonna do that I'm gonna be like, Oh, I've never done this before. Let's like, mm-hmm. how about it, what about if the whole thing's ukulele's or <laughs> I mean, really, there's awesome. there comes a point where what is Batman
1: going to do that you're like, Wow, I've got it. Okay, what? How am I going to interpret that? You know, if there's not an all ukulele scene, yeah. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I'm. I, I. You can't. One thing I'll say about Marvel that no one will ever disagree about is they don't have an amazing score on any of their movies nope. compared to the DC. Nope. And you can even track this back to Superman, Batman '89, Batman Returns. You can talk Batman about and Robin. Up, up until now, I
1: would say I think they're starting to get their. The, the, they're uh, like, tr- they're getting on board, yeah. and focusing on the soundtracks. Like you can just tell from the Avengers two trailers that
0: they're starting to put a really heavy emphasis. They on They got
1: ACDC and shit yeah. like that. Like yeah, they're trying a little more, but still, like Justin said, when you go back, they don't
0: have shit on no, DC. They don't, and I don't think anyone would disagree on on that part of that. Um, I
2: I did like. Uh, I really
0: liked. I
2: think that up until uh, I think Captain America and and Guardians, that pre Captain America and Guardians, I think the scores were. I think they had the scores were fine. I but yeah. I do, I think that there wasn't the same emphasis mm-hmm. on the scores. I think that like with with the Nolan films. I mean, you had entire articles about Hans Zimmer right. and what he did for the just for the Joker's theme music right. in The Dark Knight. The, you the know, chant in huh. The Dark
0: Knight Rises. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, so uh, now I I do think I really like the soundtrack for Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I thought it was a great soundtrack. I thought Guardians. I loved the soundtrack for Guardians. I thought that it was really uh, the the pacing of the soundtrack in Guardians was really good. It had there was an, there was an element of a, a lot of the, the stops and starts that went on with and with the film's own pacing itself, and I think the soundtrack matched. It was was a little bit off kilter at times okay. intentionally. So, and I think it worked really well and I liked it. I like what they did uh, with a lot of that, but I, I agree that uh, DC has definitely won the, the musical score uh, comparison up to this point.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything? Oh yeah. The, can you tell us where, uh, where you think the justice league one and two will be filmed? I know Zack Snyder said something, but can you, Kind of, can you put like a nail in the coffin where you believe it's gonna? They're gonna film the Justice League one and two, and then maybe solo bat. I don't know if they like. Obviously, there's nothing for solo Batman, but could you tell us about Justice League one and two?
2: They'll film. uh, They're going to be back to to Detroit. They'll be filming again in Michigan uh, for Justice League. Uh, I think that there's. I I'm not positive because, and I'm sure that at this point there's it's still open. Uh, I think. There is – they're looking at uh, – in Canada as well at uh, – was it – Toronto? I think Toronto is where they had – pre. no, where did they film? For- with Man of Steel, they filmed in Vancouver, right? Right. And then uh, – but uh, – and then, yeah. So they had previously filmed in Vancouver, but I think that they're leaning towards Toronto. Uh, and I think they're going to do – I know Detroit for. De- – they're definitely shooting in Detroit – And I think Toronto is on the list uh, of likely places as well. They'll probably end up doing some Chicago Mm -hmm. shooting. I wouldn't be surprised if they film some, if they do some Chicago shooting. I don't know where outside of that, though, at this point, honestly. I'm sure there'll be international locations. uh, I can say that. uh, and not that I, not because I'm like, well, I can say this, but, you know, <laughs> but I, I have a general idea of where what they're going for, uh, and I, where I think they're going with it, and I think that it's, I think that we'll see in some international shooting. I'll say that.
0: Awesome. awesome. Um, what's great about the Detroit location shoot is, you did not get one leaked photo of Wonder Woman or oh, Batman. The entire amazing. shoot yeah <laughs> the, how, how do they do that they can't even keep people out of the
1: white house just the batmobiles yeah the only, yeah, thing, the only thing was the batmobile and the, that leads great into oh and superman's pansy red booties pansy, oh. red, pansy red booties <laughs> yeah but yeah uh speaking of the batmobile i'm kind of curious what your opinion on this newest version of the batmobile is and maybe compare it to say tim burton's batmobile or even christopher nolan's tumblr for example
2: well I think you hit it exactly Kyle it's it, it's a mix between the two that's I think it's very much uh what we got was the the Tim Burton Batmobile concept reimagined through the grounded militarized realism of the Chris Nolan Batman I think that's what it is uh I love the Batmobile personally I think it looks great uh it's, it's got a weird kind of vibe to it. It looks like it's a lot of moving parts, and, like, at any point, he's going to, like, well, what's going to happen now? And then the thing's going to flip up, and it's like there's a giant bat screwdriver that's going to pop out. And <laughs> I'm Batman, and I knew one day I'd be it a One day, it, it kind of has that look, right? I mean, when oh, you look yeah, at it, it it's, does. it's got lots of moving parts, and that's, that's you yeah. know, there was controversy about the guns on the front of it, but if you look at it, and I had this whole, just the, an example of how great the discussions can be on uh, Batman on film, and, and of of how... Uh, I, I can uh, I'm, I'm sure when I say things sometimes I like I may say you know I think fans just need to chill you know mm-hmm. I think it's going to be okay people you know don't you don't have to act like you know angry fanboys I might say it that way and in real life you can I'm not being mean but if I write you don't need to act like an angry fanboy then people read it and it looks like you don't need to be angry fanboy. <laughs> and I, think, a dick. I know I sometimes come off as a dick and because I'm I'm typing and, and being blunt, or I'm frustrated, right. or whatever. I'm well
0: aware that I come off that way. And I, I don't like a lot of fans don't all the like stuff it. that we've read. I just feel like people. We live in a like society where everyone's feelings get hurt if like the sun isn't at the perfect level and it's too hot or it's too cold. People just need to take a chill pill and relax. You only get one life to live. Just enjoy it and watch some Batman movies and just be happy. You're getting some serious Batman and not yeah. Batman <laughs> and Robin shit anymore. Like that's just always been my thing. And I, um, book kit. I see a comparison to the new Batmobile to the Arkham Knight Batmobile have you yes i, I yeah. when I looked at that that first image that you know obviously there's some spoiler stuff that I looked at personally just because I want to know what the new Batmobile looks like <laughs> but when I looked at that that one that shot that Snyder gave us and the Arkham Knight and it's pretty damn close I'm yeah. almost certain while the game was in development that they were like referencing each other's designs, yeah. trying to make them appear very similar. Because it, I'm yeah, for. It. I I don't give a shit about guns. We live in a in a society of now. where, put this some is, guns on the front. It's going to scare some people to do this, some good things. America, okay. <laughs> Damn straight.
2: The, the guns are retractable, and that's what. Right. Uh, awesome. Uh, a, a big fight started. A, a lot of fans were upset over that, and uh, so I analyze. I looked at every angle of that the Batmobile, and I looked at every picture I could find of it, honestly, and uh, there were a lot of them out there, and uh, if you look at it, you can actually tell from the way that some of the plates are folded back, and the where it sits, and the, the shape of it, that it's a gun turret that actually rises up out of the front of the Batmobile. Now, whether... Whether we, I don't know how they're going to portray it in the film. What I mean, I've they heard. shot
1: missiles in the Dark Knight out of the Batmobile, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean, you the... can't bitch about that. <laughs> like it happened. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, what are you going to do? He had a machine gun on the Batmobile, and the and Tim Burton's and, yep. first Batman movie. Exactly. So,
0: and nobody bitched so. about that. Exactly.
1: Well, with that uh, yeah. that Arkham question there, like, what do you think about the crossover stuff? Do you think that's a uh, do you think that that could happen in the general future? What's, like crossing over that, like between video games and like the movies and T V shows, TV shows, Arrow, shows and all that stuff? Like you, you mean do I
2: think the video the whether will there be crossover between the video games and the films or like
0: I think his question yeah. was more like, "Okay, you look at how Marvel has kind of a crossover with oh, I'm not sure, yeah, yeah, like you see Agent Carter... is that the new name? Agent Carter Agent has to do with something with Howard Stark from way back thing? Do you think that I know Jeff Johns has kind of talked before? Where he's like, you know, we're going to keep them separate. Yeah, they're not going to
2: actually. I can I know at this right now, I know for sure that what they what they've told the, the the people as far as development on the television side goes that. Uh, they it's they don't have to worry about keeping things open or meeting uh, aligning with the films that awesome. what we're no doing. Universe. They're trying to do it yeah. different. They what you're gonna have, you're gonna get two. You're gonna get two Justice Leagues. You're gonna get two DCUs. You're awesome. gonna have awesome. Some of the stuff on TV will be related. Some of the stuff won't. Some of the stuff in the movies will be related and some won't. Uh, That's cool. I like that. Even with the Shazam people I know are are took that posting on the DC uh, the the DC blog page as as being definitive that Shazam is part of the the DCU movies, and I'm until I see Warner Brothers release an official press release saying that the plan has changed, then. For now, the Shazam movie is not set in the same world and in the same universe with the rest of that DC, with Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Green Lantern and Cyborg and all that. Uh, the, the TV shows, they're going to go in a different direction. Gotham, as far as I what I understand is Gotham is its own universe. It's not connected to Arrow or the Flash. Uh, they are going to develop. Uh, a couple of other shows that are directly tied to it. You know, there's an Adam show, uh, Adam show is coming. Uh, there's a, a, a Supergirl is coming. Uh-huh. And they have um, uh, uh,
0: the Nightwing. The, or is it, yeah. what is it called? It's not Nightwing, it's something. Uh, I don't remember what the name of it was. It's but not like Young Justice. The Teen Titans. There, there you go. go.
1: Yeah. Teen
0: Titans. Okay. Teen Titans. Is yeah. There you go. yeah and these
2: shows are going to be tied together and you're going to see them build. And they're going to do things on TV that they wouldn't necessarily do in the movies. They're going to do it different, yeah. you know. And because the numbers, that, the people you have to appeal to in a movie, you've got to appeal to a lot of motherfuckers to, for a movie to be a success. You know, right. you've got to appeal to how many million people in China have to be like, I like that when you make a movie when you make a tv show well you're not selling tickets your audience for a show for like arrow and the flash to be a success they don't have to they don't even have to do numbers like the walking dead numbers Mm -hmm. you know look at how low the numbers can be and that's like that's fine that show's going to stay on the air as long as it meets that minimum you know standard or that medium standard so they can they can do things a lot differently that they can't otherwise do and that's uh, one of the things with the new CEO uh, at Warner Brothers is he's very big on looking at what properties they have, just to speak business-wise for a minute, mm-hmm. not to, to imply that there's no art to it. But I'm just to use pure business terms. They have properties and commodities. They need to figure out how to exploit those in the best way possible mm-hmm, across right. as many mediums as possible. And from their perspective, they don't just do superheroes. So they can't have their entire business model framed around Mm -hmm. development of everything being part of the same thing the way Marvel can. When Marvel does TV, whatever it is, it's part of one plan. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers has a lot of different divisions. They make a lot of movies that aren't superhero movies. They have a lot of shit going on. So – you know even on TV, they don't just make superhero tv they don't just make so everybody can't always be on the same page right. at the same time so they're like well we let's have a
0: lot of different pages to a lot of different books then i i like that too because then you can have you can have different stories and different arcs and different yeah if they're gonna do the a batman v superman movie you're probably not gonna get uh a quarter owls which i love and you know and on TV or in the movies, or there you can't do that. But in TV, you can you can find some like FX or AMC, which I'd love to see yeah. that happen. I mean, TNT is good, but you're not going to get that level of creativity that FX or AMC's been doing um, for a while. And that brings to Tom's question about the new Fifty Two. Yeah, man. Like, what, what's your favorite storyline
1: from the new Fifty Two? I mean, you got like Quarter Owls and Death of the Family and Zero Year. Like, what do you what What have you been fancying?
2: zero i love zero year uh zero year and court of owls are two of my favorite modern batman stories from the last mm-hmm. probably 10 years uh or more i love those stories uh zero year th- the story with the the riddler i mean mm-hmm. what that that riddler arc i think is the best riddler story that's been in written in the comics uh uh i I, I like Hush. I like it a lot better now than I used to. At the time when it first came out, I kind of underappreciated it a little, and I was like, "Well, it's okay." But it's, you know. Oh, spoiler alert! If you haven't read Hush, <laughs> it's a resort <Rizward> story. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. What? I didn't mean to ruin it, I guess. Uh, I love, but uh, I, I actually bought a, uh, a a copy of the the hardcover version of the collected Hush edition. That's all in pencil work only. Wow. And it's, It's incredible. And I just look at it and I'm like, man, I wouldn't even if I was if I worked as an inker in comics, I would have refused to ink that comic because (laughs) I would have been like, I'm not touching this. I could possibly mess something up. It's good as it is. Just publish it. Uh, It was great. And reading it, I had a whole new appreciation for it. And uh, I've read it several times since I bought that. Just because it looks so good, that made me sit down and read it. And now I appreciate that story so much more and the you know the layers to it. I don't, Hush as a character is okay. I'm not a huge fan. I'm just, I can take him or leave him. But this whole story overall and the Riddler and him and what he did. But zero, uh, zero year – was fantastic. I love the it's Red book stuff. yeah stuff. Uh, it was just what he did. I mean, uh, Scott Snyder is just knocking it out of the park again mm-hmm. and again. Uh, I really like what he's done. I like uh, uh, the Gotham. Uh, I like Batman Eternal and that whole storyline yeah. about mm-hmm. Gotham. And that's, that's something that, uh, that we haven't really seen in a while. Is a story that in Gotham Eternal, uh, damn it. In Batman Eternal, Gotham is, a car. You know, the story is really about Gotham, and Gotham has a story arc, and that's the real story arc, and that's the real arc in that whole that whole thing so far. And I have that many issues deep, and it's like, man, this is all about Gotham City. This is about a really true Gotham City story. Uh, I really love that about it, and and Scott Snyder is just one thing after another. He's got he's just juggling and has
0: so many balls in the air right now. It's, it's crazy how amazing. And I was nervous. About the new Fifty Two, because okay, what? Because if you look at the Ultimate Spider Man universe, I'm not, I'm not saying it's complete dog shit, but it's still not as good as what came before it. And the Ultimate X Men stuff, I, my X Men to me is what was going on in the '90s with the animated series that was going on yeah. at the same time. That to me is like I'm not a fan of that. But what Scott Snyder was able to do with this is he was able to give us something new and retain that. Those epic Batman the same stories, feel, yeah. The, yeah, the same feel to you know to his stories, and he was able to mold and put some new rungs it make on it, feel he, like it went together yeah. instead of it being a, col- mm-hmm. a totally separate. And universe, then the whole yeah. the and the way that they started out too was ballsy too. I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to throw out a Joker story. I'm not going to throw out a Riddler story. I'm not going to throw out a Two Face story. I'm going to throw out Court of Owls. It's something completely yep. new. If you don't get this from. You know, j- first jump, then y- this is just not going to be your Batman. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best that I can. And it feels like he, the way that I like to describe the, the, how Scott Snyder was able to do something amazing with that is he took the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns, and then the Batman the 80-man series, and was able to just push them right together yeah. and make them feel so interconnected and intertwined. And just the love that he has, and Greg Capullo just knocks it out of the park. Like, I can't say it, like... So that yeah. being said <laughs> So that being said,
1: like uh, what do you think about what Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder and Dan Meeky have been doing with all of the new fifty two stuff? Like what elaborate on what you feel about that whole this whole new lineup.
2: I love uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the new fifty two. Uh, I I think that I I started out, I collected I literally collected every
0: title in the New Fifty Two. <laughs> so for, you have you have Batman number you have the Batman number one? Oh yeah, I have. Oh, whole, I, have I can't find that anywhere. My, <laughs> you lucky yeah. bastard.
2: I have the. I I have so many. I have so many sets that I actually. I have a, a, a bags never touched, just bagged and boarded. and t- the whole New Fifty Two, like the first few issues of everything, <laughs> and I have just got them wrapped and taped up and in a thing, completely, <laughs> here. you know, like fresh, brand new, wow. set aside. And then I've got my reading copies. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've I've collected the new 52 from the start. Uh, the only right now I've pared it down considerably, and I get uh, I, I, I get a few titles, um, including uh, Batman and Detective and Batman Eternal, uh, and those are the the three that I really read the most, uh, and that I and I get I still get Justice League, and mm-hmm. I get Superman. But uh, right now, the ones that I'm sticking with uh, and that are my the entire time. I've never considered dropping uh, Batman. Um, Detective is really great right now, by the we, way. I don't know if you're reading it, but it's really we haven't been able. they kind of had some tough stops and starts stops and starts for a bit, but it's really like hitting now. It, I really like Detective has for a while been been on a really good run, but uh, uh, Batman has just been phenomenal and it hasn't there hasn't been a bad issue yet in my opinion. And art-wise, it's just, it's fantastic. It fits the story so good. And I like that these are such, I mean, these stories go so deep into Batman figuring out who he is and how he's Batman and, and what it is that uh, that makes him tick and kind of reevaluating himself, reevaluating his relationships, how he does business as Batman so much of it it's not just detective stories i mean it's it's detective stories that go even beyond just a detective story Mm because batman's not just figuring out detective work on the on the crimes he's got to figure out detective work about himself about his own life about the history of the city it's that kind of batman that is really a throwback kind of to that 70s era of batman where You know, Batman was constantly learning, constantly figuring things out and applying his detective skills in ways that were less obvious, you know? I really like that
0: about it. I, I, he gave a a better (laughs)
1: description of,
0: um, now let's, let's jump back a little bit though. Are you going to ever like just do like a retrospective? Like we've done retrospectives on 89 Batman. If I if I remember correctly, I know you've talked about Batman Begins the, how much you love the dark Knight, but you really can't get to Batman Begins without Batman and Robin. Now say what you will. It's a, <laughs> I don't like that movie, but if it wasn't for that movie, we would never have gotten Chris Nolan. Um, yeah. Can you, can yeah. you talk about, um, whatever you want? Like when it comes to the, the lead, can you talk about the, like the lead up to how they got Nolan? I mean, I, I remember, like, wa- I've watched yeah. and read a lot about that. But can you talk about, no, no one loves the character, but he wasn't an established filmmaker at this point. Right. That, well, Batman and Robin, I'll say this.
2: Uh, I don't I don't enjoy Batman and Robin. There is a what's called a de version of B- Batman and Robin out there, a fan edit. I don't know if you guys watch any I've, of the fan I've edits watched, of the movies. Yeah, I've watched that. Uh, but there's a, a fan edit of Batman, uh, forever, the red book edition. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, and, and somebody did the same thing. And if you cut out all the bad crap out of Batman and Robin, there's about an hour of material that's watchable. <laughs> 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 awesome. That's in, that you can, as a, as a Batman fan and as an adult that you can watch. but having said that, you know, and I make fun of it. I don't think Batman and Robin is the worst superhero movie ever made. Uh, It's the worst Batman movie ever made, but it's not the worst (laughs) superhero movie ever made. Uh, And it's a valid interpretation of Batman. And that's a very controversial thing to say unless you've read all of the comics. And if you read the Batman comics of the 50s and through the 60s, up until the late 60s, Batman and Robin, that movie, is not far removed from those comics at all. It's a completely valid interpretation. And yes, it's Batman appealing to children to yep. little kids, and there was a time when that's what Batman was, and that's not necessarily, I mean, look at the old Batman TV show, and we're adults now, and we can look at that TV show, and we still love it. I mean, I love that TV show. It's great. It's awesome. It's, it's not the Batman I'd want to see in movies by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but it's a valid interpretation of Batman. It is the comic books of the 60s come to life. It's literally, you know, uh, and that's Batman and Robin, in a lot of ways, was the same thing. It had some If you make a movie for kids, then you're going to include sometimes jokes and corny stuff that's to make adults laugh or whatever or groan or roll our eyes or whatever, too. And that's what the movie was. And it's unfortunate that they turned it into that and that the whole thing became a giant commercial for toys and that it was so much of it was designed to sell toys. But it was still, you know, uh, uh, I feel like Shoemaker gets a really raw deal. You know, a lot of people hate Schumacher. He made Falling Down. You know, he's not a bad filmmaker. The guy made uh, Falling Down. He made The Client. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made some really great movies. uh, And he made Batman Forever, which I think is very underrated by a lot of fans. I think the Red Book Edition is the best of those original four movies. When you look at the full version with all the deleted stuff that Schumacher had filmed, there was a lot of dark stuff in there and a lot of serious adult themes. Uh, Batman and Robin was, was... uh, it was a mess, and it was painful to watch, but it was not a badly... It was not a badly film. As a director, he mm-hmm. was told, make a two-hour commercial for these Batman toys. Here's the script. This is what we want. And he made... You probably couldn't have got a better version of that big pile of crap. But, <laughs> uh, awesome. And it's wow. at the end of the day, it's a Batman movie that is one valid, albeit not a very good interpretation of Batman. So... If you hadn't had that happen, and you know, Bill uh, Jet at, at Batman on Film has said all the time, it may be one. It's possibly the most important Batman movie because that's the one that stopped that franchise yeah. and led to, you know, what we got with Chris Nolan. That's if Batman right. and Robin hadn't been made, we never would have got the, you the know, the, the, the Chris Nolan fire, Batman. Right, they had to yeah. see that you couldn't do that because at the time that movie was made, the studios had not internalized this notion that superhero films are a legitimate adult uh, genre and that they should be approached as serious filmmaking. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe that, clearly. they You know, some did. I shouldn't say none did. Some did, but they were few and far between. It took a while before a generation of filmmakers came you know, to power, so to speak, in Hollywood, who grew up with these this material and who took it seriously like that, the way that it's being taken now. Uh, Warner saw what they had done wrong. They, they you know, they tried, they for a while they had the whole uh, Batman versus Superman project in yep. development. That was going to, they were going to do that. Schumacher had a movie he was going to make at one point. The Batman uh, Year One? Yeah, he was going to do a, 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 another Batman film. And then there was the Aronofsky film, oh, uh, which I Batman have the script for that. I don't know if you've ever read the script for the Darren Aronofsky, Bat- Darren Aronofsky Batman, but uh, it's pretty radical, you know? He's What's a the? filmmaker that should be on a short list if you're thinking who could take over as the Batman director if it's not Ben
0: Affleck. Aronofsky's got to be on that list, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, like Alfred was black or something, and uh, he lived out of like a garage and it was called big al's garage something i think i've read parts of it but not the whole thing it's yeah, pretty it's pretty bizarre
2: you, you find out at the end that alfred actually is a former milit he's former military and he's actually a medic and stuff had been in the military and this is it starts during the time that bruce has ran off after mm-hmm. his he's like in his young adulthood he took off he disappeared he's been training and he's living on the street and learning about crime and that's when the story is set and then Alfred is Big Al. He's a mechanic, but he actually has a different background. So and that's Bruce. when he, like,
1: specialized in burning down entire forests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I was just making sure. Yeah. Oh.
0: I
2: wonder, by the way, it's, I, again, I love the Nolan films, and I love this idea of having a <laughs>
1: background.
2: Did you ever stop and think, wait a minute. How did he end up as a butler then? Yeah. How did he become the guy that cleans a mansion, <laughs>
1: cooks food, wipes kids' asses? Place? Yeah, like, like yeah.
2: Think about you know uh. he's like he's this prim proper butler, and he's like back in the days what I used to be. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> Oh, I did and killed people for the British government. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> awesome. That's blew the
2: bloody doors off. <laughs> See,
0: <laughs> oh, the man. Downward spiral, spiral for me wasn't Batman and Forever. You could almost say that it was Batman in Trans, but I'll say this. It was the moment where Vicky Vale got on her knees for the Joker and Batman 89. Do you, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the look says it all. <laughs> the Downward Spiral was was to me, and we did a commentary for Batman Returns, and that movie just is... It's actually it's, pretty hard to sit through Yeah, now. it's not good. And it's not just like the black shit coming out of his mouth. It's the whole story. It was just so poorly executed. And to me, Batman and Forever gets a bad rap because it's, it's lumped in with Batman and Robin, but if you were to look at, and the, they have on the The when they did that big box set, they had the the red book stuff, and that is actually really powerful. Makes that red book an actual real part of the movie, and it's just really powerful. The big black, uh, the big bat in the Mm -hmm. cave Mm -hmm. that stuff's really powerful to me. The downward spiral is Batman Returns, and it kind of it's just it just isn't. It was a different level, yeah. yeah it's just it's really bad
2: there's an interesting way to the i can watch batman returns now but this is going to sound weird but uh I, I may have told you this before justin actually i don't remember uh if you turn turn the movie to black and white turn the sound off put on the closed captioning and play some like get find some Wagner music yeah. and play that and imagine, just put yourself in the mood. Turn the lights down. Do partake of whatever that is you were partaking of earlier. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> oh, cut that out. I didn't say okay. that. Okay. <laughs> uh, that beer. We were. Nobody drank beer. No. Uh, nope. Never. Anyway, uh, it, turn the turn the the sound down and all that, and put yourself in that mindset and just imagine what if you were watching a nineteen thirty nine black-and-white German expressionist Batman movie. Imagine you're watching a silent 1939 Batman movie from, you know, uh, Tim Burton's actual uh, inspiration – and then it becomes a much it's much easier to take a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff if you're like oh this is they made if this movie had been made back then when Batman did run around with a gun and was like I'll kill everybody and, and <laughs> he was like how old are you twelve why don't you come fight crime with me and all that kind of stuff then it's not quite as crazy as it seems and it's uh, it kind of works better actually
0: mm-hmm. hmm. yeah I I think I remember talking to you about that I can't I mean me and Mark talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about who you want to see as Jim Gordon. Yeah. I think Green Lantern got brought into there at some point. Because that Ryan Reynolds stuff is just... Oh no, don't get us started on Ryan Reynolds. I still understand what they were thinking. Let's let's jumpstart the DC Universe with Ryan Reynolds in a Green Lantern movie. Because why? Well, because you can have an epic conclusion where he punches a cloud into the sun. <laughs>
2: That's it. <laughs> he's what they were doing in that movie. Like, did, if you did you read the Green Lantern in like the seventies, in particular the Hal Jordan stories in the seventies. He was a, you know, Ryan Reynolds was actually a lot. That's kind of how he was portrayed as this kind of pompous, kind of like Douchey. not an airhead, but kind of like oh, <laughs> I didn't think of that before. He was yeah, he was kind of a douchebag. That's <laughs> how they wrote the character. I mean, Excellent. honestly, that was he. There was a there was a whole comic the premise of which was the Green Lantern doesn't get shit and Green Arrow has to explain it to him. (laughs) Constantly. That comic went on. It was like, this week Green Lantern doesn't get racism. And he was like, how do I not racism? And then Green Arrow was like, like this. That was a whole, I mean, that went on. And it was like, that was kind of the the notion was that he was a, he was a good guy and he was well-meaning. And I'm kind of, I'm being facetious today. I'm kind of overstating it. Obviously, All right. I love awesome. those <laughs> yeah. comics. but he was a good, he was a good guy. He was a heroic guy. Uh, but he was also, he was a little on the conservative side. He was kind of like, you know, salute uh, and say, yes, sir. Kind of guy. Uh, and he hadn't really thought outside of his own perspective a lot, before, you know, and that's, he had to kind of, he was always kind of coming at stuff from a very narrow perspective and, uh he was kind of a you know the the pretty boy the airhead who was used to going to bars picking up women having a good time and that kind of thing so uh i think that's you know that's what they were going for in that movie and they thought with the success of iron man that that would work out
0: and it just wasn't a good it wasn't a good movie at the end of, like the, even the set pieces he, there's like, he, am uh, I power ring? I'm going to have a RC car go down a track. I was like, come on. Of all the things you can think of, that's going to be your middle. And then the whole, uh, who's that? Who is Peter Skarsgård's dad in that movie? He's a pretty, he was in Shawshank. Tim Robbins. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Such like, it was so, his whole character just is so weird. And the way he portrayed it. And it was almost like Martin Campbell is a fantastic director. GoldenEye the Zorro movies, Casino Royale, it just feels like he kind of phoned it in. Here's my paycheck. Uh, Action! And he just took (laughs) us, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just bizarre, that whole, we're gonna set this whole thing up, and it's just like, I'm glad the universe got shut down after that because I did not want to see two or three or four more of that because that just was not good. And hopefully they have, um, I don't care if it's Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart, but hopefully they get one of those two characters and hopefully it's I have a director who can is competent. Yeah,
2: okay. I'm. Pr- I, I would. I think you could safely bet your money that you're going to get John Stewart. Yes, I know you. I think that's that a safe, oh! I think that's a very. I think that's a safe bet at this point. Uh, that's that's my feeling on the matter. I
0: cannot. I, if John's, well, then who do we want to see as John Stewart? Because everyone throws at Denzel Washington. And you know, Idris Elba is not going to do it because he's signed into the Marvel. Right. Mark. Yeah. Who would you like to see? Give us like three or four names.
2: I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I I can say it now because we know that it's it's not true. But uh, when when the casting on Suicide Squad rumors were going around and Will Smith's Will Smith. name came up, oh, yeah. I had somebody tell uh, somebody told me that uh, it was. Uh, I had a producer tell me that was not a producer on the project, but a producer who. Uh, uh, uh at who might who would know who might know mm-hmm. uh, had heard and had heard that Will Smith was actually uh probably in talks to play John Stewart oh, uh, that'd be so and awesome. so I was really honest. jazzed at that and I thought wow that would be a, that would be such great casting I would that would be dead on so uh that's that's I was hopeful anyway right. that that was was going on. So uh, I wouldn't yeah, mind I, seeing The
0: Rock either. I thought The Rock would have been perfect for that John Stewart role. He's famous. Yeah. He's he's not a terrible actor. He's <laughs> nah, someone who's developed capable. quite well. Yeah, he yeah. he's not like uh Denzel Washington or Idris Elba or Will Smith pedigree, but he can carry a movie. And yeah, he's he's he looks the part. Like he is just a big, strong. I mean, he's. He's in Shazam, and I still think Mark Marky Mark should be Shazam because that would work perfectly because they've already been together in a movie. But you bring up an uh, interesting the Suicide Squad. Can we can we talk a little bit about that? Obviously, they're going to start filming in April. It sounds like ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you happy with the cast? Are you like in yep. the director? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because David Ayer as a, like he he wrote uh, Training Day. But he kind of has hits or miss with the movie. Like, Sabotage wasn't a stellar movie, but then you have Fury, which was amazing. Yep. And I'm, a, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm nervous. I guess the right word is Leary for his... That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Leary, like, I'm not saying I don't, have, I don't have faith in him that he can deliver, because, you know, Will Smith's not signing up for it. Jared Leto's not going to sign up for a movie like that. I'm just a little concerned that... Because he's a very visceral director. Is he going to is he going to bring the violence down a little bit to that more pg-13 level do you think or it's like it sounds like you're all for david aaron the cast could you yeah yeah
2: i was very excited
0: with uh from from what i've heard about
2: the project there's a lot fans are going to be really happy with what they get uh it's as far as the rating issue goes i don't really even think ratings i don't at this point pg what they do in pg-13 i mean look at X Men Days of Future Past. Right, there were people were beheaded in that
0: movie. Oh, yeah, that's there right.
2: Were, there were beheadings. Uh, that you know, people dropping the f bomb. There was drug use. There mm-hmm. was uh, there was sex. There was extreme violence. Uh, the, at this point, PG thirteen. I don't know. I think that uh, it, it's there's not a lot of the limitations on PG thirteen these days are not such that it really is going to be. An issue. I think there's very little that anyone would even think to do in a Suicide Squad movie that probably couldn't fit within the constraints of PG-13. That said, I think it'll be PG-13, but we don't know that it'll be PG-13. There's a chance it might not be, and I think uh, I think they're going to let him do what he wants to do, and he'll bring it to him. They they trust his vision for the project. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got a very grounded sort of uh, and I keep using that word I don't want to say realism so I say grounded instead mm-hmm. uh, uh, end of watch I loved end of yeah, Watch. That's it was a good one of my one. favorite movies of the year yep. I thought it was amazing and I think uh, he, I think he's a he's a he, the potential he has as a director Warner Brothers senses that and they see that this is someone they want to be they want to have an ongoing working relationship with. And it's a matter of getting the director with the right projects and mm-hmm. really letting him kind of explore what he wants to do and what he's capable of doing. Uh, Suicide Squad is going to... The most interesting thing to me about Suicide Squad is that uh, the, Joker, the Joker's involvement and that it looks like the Joker is not going to be a peripheral character to the squad. It looks like he's actually involved in the squad. Yeah. And that he has an agenda of his own secretly that's mm-hmm. going to come into play, but that he is working on so, in some way, whether he's a full member or whether he's just an informant or a source or whatever, I don't know. But it looks like they're gonna he's going to be part of it. So I'm curious to find out how they're going to make that work. Uh, I look forward to that anyway. So uh, I have faith in the project at this point. Uh, everything awesome. I've heard, and I've heard stuff that I'm, I'm not really at liberty to say at this point, but, right? Uh, that everything looks really good, and I, I'll say, I think fans—the uh, more you find out, the more excited you're going to be for what's happening.
0: Right, and it sounds like 2015 is going to be the year that they finally announce who's, you know, the cast list, director list. Mm-hmm. The, the, here's when. So they might have like Solo Batman's going to release in this year. I mean, obviously we're going to see a trailer, and it sounds like in a few months. I'm hoping to see a, in like a full color photo of Ben Affleck in the Batman suit because. We still haven't yet to see that. I mean, obviously, we've seen that one photo from Comic-Con, from San Diego Comic-Con, where, like, Kyle and the cape's black. We still haven't seen, like, full in color. So, hopefully, I, hopefully, that Warner Brothers, like, I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job with the marketing so far. I just feel like they could have positioned themselves a little bit better coming into the new year with, you know, a teaser trailer you know, here here's a teaser trailer, and here's you know character photos of Lex Luthor, uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Even if it's not an in full color picture of Batman, you could they could have done Bruce Wayne. Here's a, a first photo of you know Clark Kent at the Daily Planet. I, it just seems like I'm not saying they're doing a bad job. I just feel like they they position themselves to do everything this year but i don't know could you would you be willing to talk about that for a few minutes and maybe you share the same concerns i do when it comes to the way they marketed the movie i i'm i'm glad that we're at a
2: point where uh we're not going to just see things released on twitter or find out about major movie announcements because of the minutes from a stockholder meeting (laughs) right i'll say that uh I think that uh, – but I think Warner Brothers – I think what's going on is Warner's is very tight-lipped. They, they're they very – they keep th- – they try to keep a lid on things because they don't want stuff just leaking out. They see what happens when it does. I think that they were uh, a little bothered by how much leaked out with The Dark Knight Rises. And you mm-hmm. had entire scenes of the movie being filmed on people's cameras during filming and release. Um, I think they are very conscious of the fact that Marvel right now is – Marvel has two movies this year, a brand-new superhero and an Avengers sequel. Mm-hmm. That is going to so dominate the discussion and the media right now that I think what Warner's decided was if they release something – and I, at the time, I really wanted to see something. But I looking at it, I do understand that if you release something in December – then how long is anyone going to be talking about it? Because you've got the Oscar season coming up. You've got all of the shit from uh, the great shit. I don't mean shit, but all the great stuff from Avengers 2. Uh, you're going to get immediate attention and then lost in the shuffle. And Warner's isn't about that. Warner is about building momentum and then maintaining buzz. You don't want to start here and then you know start at a certain level and then drop and then have to work back I... up and then drop they're going to start and they're going to steadily climb. And that's mm-hmm. what they're looking for with the buzz. So when they hit, they want to make sure they get maximum exposure and that they do it in the right way at the right time. And so I think that's what they're they're looking at now is uh, they're going to have, the teaser's going to come out. There's going to be a tra- there's some more announcements. There's going to be a trailer. There's going to be some reveals that are going to surprise people. Uh, there's going to be more news as Suicide Squad gets underway with the filming. There's stuff that's going to come out about that that they won't be able to keep a lid on once it starts filming. And things are going to get progressively bigger and bigger for this film. And uh, so they had to kind of position their marketing so that they they didn't get lost in the shuffle. So and remember this is a studio that has a lot of things going on right now. You know, they've got stuff that's in the Oscar race. They've got mm-hmm. uh, you know they so the decisions they were making as fans, we're interested in certain films, and we're like, why aren't they doing this or that with the film? And we're focused on why didn't they do it this way? Uh, I think if it was me, I wouldn't have used social – I wouldn't have used Twitter and casual you know, information getting out there just through press release kind of things. I think I would have been a little more involved. Uh, I would have compared it to like Marvel, for example, having a whole day where it's like they invite everybody and they reveal their whole master plan. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Look at the media right. they got from that. You know, yeah. Marvel's always doing something like that. They're constantly doing it. Well, Warner's can't really do that with these movies because these aren't the only movies they make. Mm-hmm. They have a whole lot of stuff going on that's got their attention. And the truth is, these movies don't even. This isn't the this isn't the majority of their their time. This isn't the majority of their expenses. This isn't the majority of their profits. So, uh, how they approach it could have been I think could have been better last year. Uh, but I think at at the end of the day that what we're going to see is them having patience and holding back means we get a complete blitzkrieg of material this year. Once it starts, it's going to. There'll be a few lulls, but very short ones, I guarantee you. And by the time summer rolls around,
0: you're not going to believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's, from what you're saying, it sounds like we're going to get the teaser first, then after the teaser there's going to be a lull, then you know some amazing announcements, then that's going to roll into Comic-Con, then that's going to roll into the the huge trailer, and then then sooner than we know it's going to be 2016, March of 2016, we're going to see... Batman v Superman down a justice. Oh yeah. So, right. it sounds when you break it down like that it's actually makes more logical. It's a lot more comforting, yeah. Yeah, it makes more logical. So, and just like I said, hobbit over Jupiter ascending. I mean, it just Behind Now we're just comparing it. apples to oranges then, I guess. Yeah. Um I think we're gonna start wrapping. things. Do you have anything you want to plug? I know you're you're always on Twitter at Mark Hughes Films. You're on uh, you're on Cora. I on saw Batman, that. So. You're on Batman on film. Do you want to plug yeah. anything?
2: No, uh, right now. I mean, you you hit all the you hit all the sweet spots right there. That's uh, that's uh, I, I'll have all, uh, doing my Oscar coverage coming up soon. I'll have a lot of really cool stuff uh, that I'll be able to to talk about and announce. Uh, I've got some. Uh, I have information and some articles, some pieces I'm working on about uh, the Batman on movies and uh, yes. Batman on film uh, that will be coming out. Um, so I would just say keep your eyes open uh, and, and definitely, by all means, uh, check me out at, at Forbes. Uh, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here talking to you guys. i always happy to talk about Batman. Camera,
0: yeah just we are honored and like i said we got a friend at a mark you so yeah i didn't expect like i'm just totally blown away thank (laughs) you so much for coming thanks for your time man um it's my pleasure y'all
2: it really had a a great time anytime uh, i'm always up for for talking to to batman fans so i appreciate it all right
0: we'll We'll definitely we'll definitely get you on again I, i feel like after the the teaser i know you're gonna probably be on batman on film but uh, we'll do something special or something. We'll sure. b- have you come on and do like a teaser talk. Then we'll t- then I'll have you br- You'll have us go through like your top like five or ten Batman comics and break them down if you want to. Or we'll figure something out because yeah. this is not just about Batman on film. This is about Batman everything. Everything. And hopefully yeah. you'll have something. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have an animated like show coming up this year or we could do Gotham talk cuz we really haven't touched on Gotham. So yeah. maybe we'll talk about that next time but we definitely would love to have you on. You're awesome. You just educated us all and took us all to school on oh, yeah. some, definitely. some yeah. inside the the bullpen at Warner Brothers in DC. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for sure. Definitely. Definitely definitely an awesome experience. We definitely appreciate it. Um, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate uh, I appreciate
2: such a warm welcome. So, yeah, yeah anytime.
0: Right. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, this is Shannon on Batman. Mark, say your piece.
2: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Batman fans. Uh, and tune in, same uh, bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> same
0: bat, <laughs> awesome, awesome. awesome. Thank, thank you.
2: Thank you.